0: Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John's disciples came to Jesus and said, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? Jesus replied, surely the bridegroom's attendants would never think of mourning as long as the bridegroom is still with them. But the time will come for the bridegroom to be taken away from them. And then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak because the patch pulls away from the cloak and the tear gets worse. Nor do people put new wine into old wine skins. If they do, the skins burst. The wine runs out and the skins are lost. No, they put new wine into fresh skins and both are preserved. The Gospel The Pharisees had complained to the Lord's disciples, why does your master eat with sinners and tax collectors? And the Lord compared himself to the physician. He says that the healthy do not need the doctor, but the sick do. And so since all of us are sinners and therefore spiritually sick, he has come to heal us all. In today's passage from St. Matthew's Gospel, we're told that it's John's disciples who came to Jesus, although the other evangelist tells us the Pharisees came with them. But in either case, the, John's disciples use the Pharisees as an example. Why is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? This sounds like a criticism of the Lord and of course of his disciples and the, the john's disciples are to be blamed for the attitude they have adopted towards our lord they felt a certain they felt envious because of the fact that our lord was drawing disciples to himself and the people were following him they complained to john the man you bore testimony to He is baptizing lower down the river and everybody is going to him. To which John replies, he must increase and I decrease. John's disciples had the great loyalty to John, but John constantly pointed them towards the one who was to come. John had been critical of the Pharisees and John had been praising our Lord. And therefore, all the more reason for the disciples, for John's disciples, to be wary of what, or be conscious of what they were saying. And so when they come to the Lord, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? They, in fact, accuse in our Lord of breaking the, the uh, tradition, certainly, but also that he was doing something different from the Pharisees. Fasting was commanded by the law, Um, at least one day for fasting. But the way that John's disciples speak, it would seem that they were always fasting. And in fact, we get that impression as well. Fasting in itself is good. There are many examples of fasts in the Old Testament. Moses fast, Elijah fast. We have Anna fasting. We have the, that's Anna who was in the temple continually um, uh, fasting day and night and praying to God, and she was able to greet the Messiah. We we have David fasting, especially after his his great sin, and so fasting is something that is good and indeed necessary, as our Lord makes clear elsewhere. But. We, as um, Christians, also need to fast. Paul gives us an example of fasting. He fasted continually. Before his great mission, he fasted, and so did Barnabas. We have Cornelius, whom Saint Peter welcomed into the church. He also was fasting when the angel appeared to him. So the question is certainly valid, although perhaps what motivates it is faulty. And what does our Lord do? He refers to himself in light of what John had said. John had said that he was only the friend of the bridegroom. And so our Lord uses exactly this same image. As he called himself the physician, so now he calls himself the bridegroom. Surely the bridegroom's attendants would never think of mourning as long as the bridegroom is still with them. Which is indeed true. Christ is one who brings joy to us. But who is Christ? He is the Son of the Eternal Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. He is the only begotten of His Father in eternity, yet in time, He took flesh in the womb of the Virgin and so became the only begotten of the Virgin, according to the flesh. In her, He united the divine and the human natures in the unity of a single person. So that he who is son of God is also son of man. He who takes his origins, his divinity from the father in all eternity, takes his origins, his human nature from his mother in time. And yet is his single person. And so the virgin can truly be called mother of God since she is mother of this person. He came to repair the damage done by our first mother, Eve, who is called the mother of the living. Yet, because of her disobedience, she could rarely be called the mother of the dead. And so the virgin who becomes the, the mother of God, she becomes and is the mother of He that is life. I am the way, the truth, and the life being the mother of life, then necessarily she's mother of all those who, to whom he gives life. And St. Paul makes, gives a, a, an analogy to this where he says to the Corinthians and, and to the Galatians, I'm in travel, I'm in labor over you. I have become your father through the preaching of the gospel. So if St. Paul could become our father through his preaching of the gospel, how much more is Mary, our mother, in the fact that she begot he who is life and we who are members of his body. So he truly is the, the bridegroom, having united in his own person two natures in the womb of the virgin. And rightly, therefore, do we rejoice because we have been rescued from death and been brought into life. We have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. But the Lord continues. As long as he is present, there is no need for mourning. But the time will come for the bridegroom to be taken away from them, and then they will fast. And so the Lord refers to his passion, even here, while he is speaking of life. When the Lord is taken away, then they will fast mystically or perhaps even spiritually we can say that when we lose the presence of the Lord, when we lose the grace of the Lord by sin, we also ought to fast. And so the church gives us three days for fasting. Wednesday, Fridays, and sometimes Saturday. Why Wednesday? Because it was on that day that Judas um, went to the priests and betrayed our Lord for the 30 pieces. That is surely reason for us to fast. And then on Good Friday, the Lord was sentenced to death and crucified, and did indeed die. Another and more serious reason for us to fast. And then on Saturday, he lay in the tomb, his soul having descended into hell. And that is another reason that we fast in preparation for his glorious resurrection. But also we fast at certain seasons, such as Advent and certainly in Lent, because again we contemplate all that he has suffered in the case of Advent, going to suffer, and all that he suffered for us during Lent. And so we fast because we recognize it's the, our sins that have brought so much anguish and sorrow and suffering to him, who is life itself. And so he goes on. No one puts a piece of unshrunken cloth onto old cloak. So he gives us a second um, uh, metaphor because the patch pulls away from the cloak and the tear gets worse. So then the disciples, the Jews in general, are the old cloth. He is the new. And so he, his message, his life, cannot be just attached to the old cloth. The old cloth has to be renewed. If the two are put together, then they will pull apart. And of course, this is what the Galatians attempted to do, going back to the to the mosaic law and trying to attach this to the gospel. And Saint Paul was was um, much irate because of this, calling them who has bewitched fools who has bewitched you, and so on. Nor do people put new wine into old skins. If they do, the skins burst, the wine runs out, and the skins are lost. So we have a third metaphor. And this time the wineskins are lost and the wine is lost, so both are lost. And so, again, His disciples are the old wineskins. The new wine is nothing other than the Holy Spirit. Our Lord Himself speaks of this again on on the night that He was betrayed, where He says, I have many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them now. When the Spirit, the Spirit of Truth comes, He will lead you to the complete truth. So, the old wineskins represent the old way of living, the Mosaic law, our natural life. If we are to grow into the fullness of the Spirit which Christ came to give us, it is necessary that we have the new wineskins. And we are made new, we become new wineskins in baptism, and then we have the Holy Spirit himself who dwells in us, and so both are preserved. Our nature, our fallen human nature, having been renewed, having become the new wineskins, is filled with the Spirit, and we are preserved. Our human nature, our fallen human nature, is renewed and preserved even unto eternal life. And so we turn always to our Blessed Lady, because all of these mysteries, these truths, and above all, the grace that we have came about only because of her fiat, her yes to the Lord. Through her most immaculate heart, may we also, in all things, say yes to the Lord, our God, and our Saviour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today.